Hi, and welcome to The Point Being, the Arizona Daily Star's opinion page podcast. I am Sarah Garrett-Gasson, the opinion editor at The Star. I'm joined today by David Fitzsimmons. I got opinions. Hello. Who is our cartoonist and columnist and Edward Salaya. Why, hello there. Who is doing funny voices and is our opinion editor and, I'm sorry, opinion writer. I'm just there you go. giving you my job. Get to the chopper. And, uh, and produces <laughs> this fine fine podcast. So the legislature is in session, which means it's always fun times. Uh, Edward, why don't you tell us what you've been following out of uh, the state capitol? Well, in a mission to uh, fix problems that have yet to rear their ugly head, uh, the Arizona legislature has proposed a a few doozy bills, uh, both in the Senate and House. The one that really caught my eye uh, as a recent college graduate was uh, HB 2238, who uh, and that was brought to the floor by Anthony Hearn of Glendale, a Republican. Uh, and that one basically requires our state universities to uh, uh, form this, uh, basically a committee uh, that they would mm-hmm. have to pay. And that committee would book people that uh, might have to do with like a political speech. And this is with the school bringing them in. Obviously there Hmm. are student groups that could, would still be able to bring in stuff and they would not be subject to this. But once Hmm. that committee brings somebody in, whether it be left or right, they would need to bring, bring somebody else in for balance. Oh, interesting. How about a commencement speaker? Yeah. Same thing. We'll have an alternative commencement. uh, I don't don't think it's that far, but like if you had somebody come and was like, hey, I'm a Holocaust survivor, maybe now we can get a Holocaust denier a few weeks from now. Why not? Right? Like everybody should be heard. I assume you object to this wonderful proposal. Yes. Um, Number one, obviously it's the legislature trying to find a backdoor into – a, a, a way to uh, just kind of police the politics of what they feel are liberal college campuses. Yeah, um, yeah. I see a bunch of petty snowflakes trying to shove their unpopular popular views down exactly. the massives' throats. Exactly. You know? uh, and instead of just, you know, I mean, there's plenty of conservative groups on campus that bring conservative speakers. I went and listened to Art Del Cueto, uh, head of the Border Patrol Union, speak last year. Uh, I can tell you there weren't very many uh, Democratic uh, mem- uh, party members in that. Um, but again, uh, I, I, it's it, to me just uh, something from this, this state, our conservative state government, trying to dictate what happens at state schools. Yeah, it's hilarious because that bill sounds so retro, doesn't it? It sounds like it's the 70s, every yeah. couple of minutes, that's what Republicans want to do. Yeah. Oh, we're but what? And just to play devil's advocate, what is wrong with? I mean, it's one thing if a student group brings in, um, like Ann Coulter from, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the conservative side, or Noam Chomsky from the the liberal side. But if the university is doing it with state Mm -hmm. taxpayer dollars, or even the sort of, um. Just the the idea that it's the institution bringing them in does does bringing someone in to speak is that an endorsement of that political view and what's wrong with opening it up? I uh, number one, I I don't think so. Not on a college campus, I don't think it's an endorsement. Number one, just because I, there's views from everywhere that are going to be exposed, that they're going to be yeah. expressed there. Yes, uh, and then number two. 
I just don't see this as necessarily being fair, though. Um, I don't think that yeah. just be just mandating like, well, you know, if this person comes from what we see as this, you know, position on the political spectrum, well, then we must invite. To me, that's a that is that's not government saying be fair. That's government dictating. That, exactly. You know, it's picking winners and yeah, losers. Yeah, my, my sense of it. What would be the difference between that and that very same? Is he a state senator? Uh, he's or a state, state rep? house rep. House oh, rep. a house rep. Yeah. What would be the difference between that and advocating that all media in Arizona must present, uh, give equal time to opposing views on all radio, television, and and newspapers? What would be the difference? I that's kind of what I would pose. Uh, now it, I'm sure it, some it people... treats it treats the citizenry like uh, we're infants, exactly, who have to be uh, coddled, protected. The other thing is, by this, with even though the state, I guess you could somewhat argue like, oh yeah, so they've invited a liberal. Why shouldn't they invite a conservative? These are still attendance is not mandatory if the school is to invite somebody that's a liberal speaker if you don't if you don't agree with this person you may protest or you may not go um so i don't i just don't see why oh well they you know they brought a liberal speaker so they've got to bring ben shapiro now so that i'll right. i'll be placated to be able to listen to somebody and uh, I, what happens if they bring a moderate centrist oh my god do you have to invite people such from a like problem. both sides, oh like gosh. a libertarian and a super oh my gosh. I, I think know. it also brings up a point of, I mean, would this apply to if you brought in, if there was a speaker talking about um, vaccination, for example? Yes, exactly. So if you have, I think we get into the idea of the false equivalency mm -hmm. uh, good and point. giving the um, the idea that just because someone says or thinks something means that it is true or mm -hmm. even legitimate science. So if you had a pro-vaccination speaker, someone from like a doctor or someone mm -hmm. like that, with um, would you have to bring in an anti-vaxxer who's – or uh, – climate change, you know, a, a scientist, someone who understands what's happening in the world, literally, or a climate change denier, Exactly, putting them on the same level yeah. is intellectually like, really dishonest. Yeah. If you brought in, say, a Republican legislator, would you have to bring in a vertebrate? Uh, I heard it also described real well as like, would if if somebody comes and does a presentation on astronomy, does the astrologist get equal time? Like, is that how like? <laughs> on the flip side, just again to argue the the other side, since that's what we opinion writers like to go through the exercise of doing. Mm -hmm. um, what's wrong with exposing people to as many different views and letting them decide? I mean, that's typically the argument, right? That is the argument, but my sense of it is that's the responsibility of the individual. Exactly. So that I guess my justification would be then. So now instead of just spending the state's money on one speaker, we must mandate that then two speakers have to speak now in order to to like which, make sure we've covered the intellectual spectrum. Which to me, will that's, chill all speech. Exactly. Which might be the motive. There yeah. you go. All right. Problem solved with that one. What's next? Um, what's another one? Let's well, see. the uh, yeah, the uh, I'll have to read this one. Uh, the the uh, Republican legislator from Phoenix uh, wants to ban Arizona transgender students from athletic teams Nancy that Bardo. align with their gender identity. 
because there's not little else to do here in Arizona in terms of legislation. We really have to concern ourselves with that terrible threat. It's To me, this is a huge – both of these are examples of government overreach. When conservatives talk about like government being too involved in citizens' lives, yeah, this is where I'm like, hey, guys, what, what about these bills right here? To me, yeah. what what does the state care about high school students, one way or the other, participating in right. sports? Who's this being is, who's being protected? I that that and like who who's being hurt? This is such. Well, I don't want to say it's so rare, but like these, right now, the way that the Arizona Interscholastic Association is set up, each case for each individual athlete is is determined individually there's no real guidelines per se that they have set up right now and i'm not sure how something from a, a state agency whether it's federal city whatever is going to be able to be applied to individuals who and I, you know like this may portray a little of my own ignorance but in a subject that that has a lot of gray there, you know, I don't think there, there's hard, fast rules that a state agency can come up with that'll be like, nope, you got to be on the, the football team, the boys' football team. I, I just saw Sarah bite her lip. I'm just reminded <laughs> of the uh, bathroom bill in uh, yeah. similar, North Carolina. Very similar. Yeah. And a uh, solution, quote, unquote, I'm doing air quotes, um, <laughs> in search of a problem. Yes. And the idea that the lack of understanding about gender and transgender identity and what it all means and how it's all um, dealt with. Athletes are, are they tested at this in the high school? They're not in high school or college. Some are in college with testosterone. And yeah. So when like you get that. to that point. It says so here you- it mandates a medical review of the student's anatomy, hormone levels, and genetics if the student's biological sex is disputed while seeking to participate in a sports program. Oh, that's not a problem. Yeah. It's that's... like it's like that the 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 bill in Virginia the vaginal uh, mm-hmm. right. poke. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this I it's an it's something that I think people get all revved up about with no good reason and it's not something as you said that the state legislature needs to it's it's a fear based piece of legislation mm-hmm. in search of a widespread problem uh, that yeah. doesn't exist i i got another one along uh, along those lines of a uh, the the uh, state's house judiciary committee uh-huh. uh, is putting forward a bill to make the sentences for fentanyl and heroin harsher Rather than treating it like a public health problem, let's throw these people into prison. See, and that's just okay. So, obvious to me, that's a reprehensible on a human level. But just let's take this from an economics kind of perspective. Ten percent of the state budget is already mm. eaten up by the by prisons. Mm-hmm. That's um, a lot. And while you know, Ducey's made a couple of interesting proposals in the last two weeks, like closing the state prison in Florence and, and things like yeah. that. Uh, things like this really point back towards this almost 1990s approach to, to treating drug drug use and drug abuse that it's somehow a, a behavior that is uh, that that we need to... to you can oh, just punish it out. Punish it out right, of people. It's a yeah. character flaw. Uh, yeah, and that, and that 
there's no real rehab attempted for these people or any sort of rehabilitation. It's just that, hey, you did something wrong. You need to go to the big house. Uh, and that's, I, I think there's plenty of studies that have been done in the last 15, 20 years that really show that that's not how you can best treat people that way, that you're just going to be setting them up for a lifetime of relapse and coming right back. Yeah, I have an, I have an acquaintance whose niece and her husband are fentanyl addicts. They live in a trailer, mm. and uh, they're on methadone, but they are receiving no counseling. And uh, from from the anecdotes uh, I hear from my acquaintances, they're essentially just wasting their lives away yeah. as uh, addicts struggling to recover using uh, methadone as a substitute. But it's when you when you think about that in contrast to this idea, of, well, let's throw them all in prison. Why not take that energy and that effort and turn it <laughs> and try to ease the suffering of people who are uh, struggling to rid themselves of these addictions? Amen. And it also kind of strikes me the the um, transgender bill legislation in search of a widespread problem, mm-hmm. and uh, the fentanyl the prison you know mandatory sentencing harsher sentences is a bill that totally misjudges and doesn't address the actual problem to in me, any way. Yeah, to yeah. me that's that's the real like sad part about this is instead of looking at it as a societal problem it just becomes a like let's just blame you you shouldn't have been doing heroin let's throw you away for oh absolutely where there are there are cultural and societal pressures and mechanisms that are acting on people and you know that's not to say that that uh you know there's not personal responsibility to be thrown in that into that equation but as the the state acting, they should, uh, to me, legislation should always be to address the higher levels of, yes. of what's going on, yeah. uh, and not to. Uh, they get, get they don't have the capacity. Our our state has undergone dramatic cultural and social change, like our country has, and these reprehensible Neanderthals are trapped in 1990-era thinking yeah. that I think any millennial would look at and think, my this gosh, these boomers are, are cave people with this weird puritanical perspective that's long gone. Only the cave people if you believe in evolution. <laughs> the cave people. How can there be cave people if there's modern humans? <laughs> that's right. Well, I will say that uh, they do theorize that... Uh, uh, human uh, evidence has been found at the legislature in terms of early humans. Oh, uh, yeah, pottery, y- using maybe? using yeah. early tools. That's right, because they have found a stapler in the House <laughs> of Representatives. So. All right, uh, let's uh, keep going and talk about impeachment. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's anything to add? Nothing really big happened this what week or add? anything like that. I'm looking forward to John Bolton's book. Yeah, yeah, it's called Good Night Moon. <laughs> Your cartoon coming up it's, on that is brilliant. Yeah, it's <laughs> so fun. And that's going to be so entertaining tomorrow, which, well, is it Wednesday or Thursday when uh, the questioning, be, oh, the vote on uh, witnesses. Is that this week? Next so week? I believe the way it's set up is the, the next, I think there's a day off. I think there is two days that both the, the defense and the, the prosecution get to kind of ask questions mm-hmm. of or kind of do more with their case 
after that, they'll be voting on like, all right, do we introduce more? Or is there anything we yes. can do here? Wow. That's so sometime, not this next week, but probably the end of next week or beginning of the week after. That's we'll start the... to get into. Yeah, that's the, the histor- that's the historical pivot. I mean, so far the arguments are, uh, he did it, uh, there's nothing wrong about it, and hey, do we want uh, future presidents to be subject uh, to this kind of standard? And yes, of course we do. We don't want future presidents behaving like this. It was funny because I listened to a little bit of uh, Alan Dershowitz uh, last night. and his argument was nonsensical. He was basically arguing that, uh, well, we can't really take uh, what what Trump what might have been in his mind while he was doing this. That uh, we can't really rely on what the, his motivations were. Criminal law is totally based in what the motivations of the people who are you know at uh, it being yeah. in question here. Um, so it it just didn't make like so we're not supposed to consider if maybe he might have been doing the you know he might have been considering his own personal deeds here it, it's just we we can only look at oh the the aid arrived mm-hmm. well yeah it arrived because he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar that's exactly why it happened uh, to me this is just uh, if if there are no witnesses the fix is in man especially after this Bolton drug this is huge this. If they want to hear from the somebody with firsthand information, a firsthand account of what was happening with this Ukraine aid, this is it. Yeah. He's giving them the Yeah, well, I'm enjoying it because his book is going to be published. The truth will come out, and the Senate will, I believe, be humiliated politically. Yeah. I, I do have one problem with the book coming out. I guess the book is supposed to come out in March. If, in, if he is not called somehow, then— you know, we're not going to find out until then. But to me, this this kind of crystallizes why why was he not willing to say this to the to the House? Why was he fighting at first? Uh, and then, of course, the Trump administration said that they were going to, you know, they were going to put a if, if you did try to subpoena him, they were going to bar him from it and that we were going to wait for the courts to work it all out. Well, he could have just gone around that and said, like, hey, like, I'm, I'm totally willing to, to speak here he could have wrote, wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post. True. He doesn't need the income from the book. Yeah, I can't help but that's think. That's what I think this I is about. I can't help but think he's enjoying uh, torturing Donald J. Trump oh, a little bit. Definitely. Drip With the way that drip. he went out? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I am surprised that uh, the White House has had a copy of the book since December. They've known. It's like, wow. So, So what I've read is they were not— it, at least from what I was able to understand from a Vox article today, the the Trump White House really they shouldn't have been able to to get a hold of that that the uh, transcript that went over to the National Security Council because the National Security Council is who anybody who's writing a book about the administration that served in it that's where they have to submit it first to get vetted and For, everything. Yes. Like. But there is concern that somebody there in the National Security Council What? Let, a let leaker the, in the White House? Yes. Let the Trump team know so that there there is some evidence that they have been aware of this since yeah. the third since yeah. the beginning of the year. Yeah. Have you been watching them? No, you you have a job. <laughs> Don't you, Sarah? I do indeed. Uh, no, I, I actually have not been able to watch, um, you know, day-to-day sort mm-hmm, of yeah. coverage, but it's – I'm just demoralized. 
by the whole, the idea that we could, okay, and I need to preface this by saying my mom tells me that as an infant, I watched the Watergate hearing. Um, so it is in it's my confirmed. blood. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but the idea that you could have any sort of Senate trial without witnesses, <laughs> without the idea that it's so rigged in such plain sight of everyone, how is I just I do not understand why, even if you think that maybe I'm just too idealistic, mm -hmm. maybe I'm just too. Uh, bought into the idea that we have the system that has been created and um, has been a working experiment for all these years and no, it's not perfect. But the idea that it would just be so blatantly, obviously manipulated, like why is it the, the idea that we would have witnesses, why is that even a question? It just, I, yeah, maybe I, I'm just uh I it, it's I think for me <laughs> I just, I have advice for you and and our listeners. I was feeling so distressed. I had to watch. I, I DVR'd uh, on the basis of sex the Ruth Bader yeah. Ginsburg story. Yeah. I had to. I watched twice the last ten minutes where she makes that wonderful argument in an appellate court. I nearly broke down in tears to see justice taking place in American courtrooms. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it goes back to obviously you know. Republicans are in control of the Senate. It's just been interesting to see how the goalposts kind of keep moving back. I'm sure it's all poll-driven, right? You know, it's got to be poll-driven, minute to of, minute. None of the Democrats' witnesses have any firsthand knowledge. It's all assumed. Well, Joe Biden's son this. has firsthand. Yeah, exactly. Why don't we call him? Um, the whole case has been, I mean, yesterday they were talking about Obama making deals with you know Russia in 2012. The entire defense has been, uh, hey, by the way, you guys shouldn't be watching this. There's cartoons on Nickelodeon. That's right. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so. It would be good, speaking of Nickelodeon, if there's slime. Remember the slime? Oh, the bucket of green yeah. slime. You guys yeah. mean, yes. Guys, it was Gak. Hello. Okay, sorry. Oh, Gak. <laughs> it has a name. Okay. Gak. <laughs> All right. And it's... Gakity Gak. Don't talk back. <laughs> Remember Mark Summers on Double Dare? No, you remember that? No, that's when they would pour the. Never mind. Okay, I'm a boomer. I, I yeah, I grew up without a television. Oh so. my gosh! Yeah, yeah, that's a podcast right. for another day. It is, but I even I knew who Kobe Bryant was. Um, oh, we yeah. all know now. Yeah, we do, we do. So thoughts about how that was covered, how it was um, broken, the impact of it, what we should be talking about. In terms of Kobe Bryant's legacy, what he was known for. Oh, man. Well, you know, I was curious about what we were talking about before we began taping the podcast, where you mentioned uh, this subject was on the minds of your students? Yes, very much so. And what, what happened in the classroom? Well, they were, some of them were very, it was like their best friend had been killed. Mm. I mean, if you're a yeah. true sports, yeah. like, you was, know, yeah. it, you feel it. Yep. And then there were other students who were like, I had no idea. You know, was, like yeah. you knew who he was, but not really connected. Yeah, in, Star Wars, right? Yeah, Adobe One, Kobe. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was really interesting, though, how the different response to 
is this news? I'm teaching an editing class. So we're talking about, is it news? Uh, do you wait for the family to be notified? Do you publish anyway, even without that sort of verification? Um, what is the newsworthiness? Huh. Excuse me. How was his death reported? Uh, so, yeah, um, go ahead. So TMZ initially broke the story. Um, had and, next of kin been notified? No, no. They had. Uh, they ended up going with it before letting his his wife and the rest of his family know. So that was that was the big sin number one. This was a bad day for for journalism. Uh, then ABC News and a couple of other outlets started reporting that Bryant had crashed and all of his daughters were on the plane with him. Then, Whoa! Yeah. So then there were reports that oh, it was it was just one daughter and it was just five victims, and then. Not until the actual, I believe it was Los Angeles County or one of the county sheriffs actually came out during their press conference did folks learn that, oh, it was actually Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven other people who had passed away. So there was just a lot of bad reporting the entire evening, afternoon that it happened. Uh, and there was, uh, on Twitter and Facebook, there's been a lot of kind of just piling on to TMZ and other organizations that we're running with information that had not been confirmed uh, at all. Well, let me pose a, a devil's advocate question: sure. What is what is wrong with uh, sharing that news when you learn when you learn that uh, uh, an important public figure has perished? Mm -hmm. uh, what's wrong with reporting that before next of kin are notified? I think in the in the case of Kobe's or anybody, if let's just say it's any person had crashed in a something like that, I don't think you ever run the story unless it is a president a head of state if the if the head of kin or excuse me next of kin have not been notified um i think before this we were kind of talking about how um well kobe was a, a very popular person we, you know a lot of people grew up with him as maybe their favorite player it you know he's not a president he's not a governor the the did i you know as cold and as remorseless as it may sound Everyday things still go on. He's not genuinely relevant yes. to people's everyday yeah. life. Um, so to me, that that means like you gotta you gotta wait until you get a hold of somebody's family. Until Why you, you break that? Just because I don't. I'm thinking of myself being like, oh my god, my dad died in a car crash. Like I would have loved to have heard from mom first, or have heard from the authorities and let me know before I saw it on Channel 12 or whatever. Uh, to me, it's just a human element thing that. There's just something unseemly yeah. about that. Yeah, um, yeah you know what? That's not how you let people. Journalism know. and ethics have been in the news a, a bit this week yes. with uh, Mike Pompeo, uh, rudely, <laughs> rudely insulting an, an, an NPR journalist, and now apparently not allowing an NPR journalist to follow him uh, on his uh, overseas trip. Mm -hmm. But I'm most impressed by his uh, demand of the reporter to find uh, Ukraine on a map. Which he said an aide had that did not have the borders drawn on it, which is so weird. How? Why is it a Secretary of State has an aide who has a map that has no borders drawn on it? That's so weird. I just want to test you when you come in here. Come on in. I, I would love to see President Trump fill out that entire map of the world. Oh, my God. I'd like him to just point to D.C. I'd like him to point to Nambia and Kofefi. <laughs> Where are those two countries? <laughs> but it's a, you know it's such a strange time where uh, petty.
public servants can so disabuse journalists like this. Or the, the, the story of the Washington Post, right? Uh, the uh, journalist who simply retreat, retweeted a Daily Beast story discussing uh, Kobe's... Uh, Sexual assault charge. Yeah, mm-hmm. questionable past, we'll mm-hmm. call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was suspended for uh, retweeting that. What do you think of that? That is embarrassing. I think that... Um, now, I, I that actually she did that or that she was punished? that she was punished that way. Um, I saw the tweet that she tweeted. I I feel like, hey, you know, um, Kobe had a very complicated past off of the court. Obviously, he was a great yeah. player on the court. But yeah. to, uh, you know, to share something like that after somebody died, that's that's I feel like totally within bounds, especially for people in our profession. Um but that to react like that, and I guess they've tried to just the post has tried to justify it by saying that in one of her retweets she included a you know a, a photo of her email and didn't kind of cross out some of the other people who had emailed her in that list. So huh. it could have been you know that that's a violation of I don't I I doubt we could post a picture of our you know our email on Twitter without getting some sort of blowback from the higher ups. So. Uh, but if it was, you know, if, we're sitting right here at the table with a higher up. Oh my! Oh, you're right. Power hungry. Sarah with an H. Yeah, that's me. But yeah, yeah. so it, but <laughs> suspending her under the auspice of like, oh, uh, you know, this it was just wasn't the right time to share this sort of information because this person had just passed. That is BS. Um, this person that was part of his life, that was part of his legacy. Uh, it was not at all out of bounds to share an article that explored that. And in so. fact, it was simply uh, it was a, factual. <laughs> it was simply uh, an information transmitter, a journalist yeah. transmitting information. She had her life threatened. She was having people tell her to kill herself for that. That's why. That's just unfathomable for me. So dumb. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, David, do you have any letters or calls you'd um, like to share? Well, I, I do have a a, a windy call. Ooh. Uh, and uh, I, I'm going to play it, but I think you're going to have to edit out the part at the end where he shares his name. Oh, we and can do that. where you can reach me if the Apaches don't cut the wires out where I live. <laughs> see if I get this to come up here. Yeah. I wish you would. It was Clinton. Nixon. Obama was pretty corrupt in his ways, fast and furious. And Benghazi and and a couple others. I don't have time to mention them all. Then you go back to Johnson, went after he became president when Lincoln was assassinated. Okay? Now, just to let you know, I know you're a diehard, progressive, far left liberal. Just want to let you know that today, your boy Shifty Shift got kneecapped by the president's defense team. Unbelievable. And one more thing. The yeah. Democrats are doing a great job of getting Trump reelected come November. Okay? And my view is this is all about the election. They know Trump is going to win. Just look at his rallies. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people show up. Now, if you want to talk to me about this, I'm retired military, 43 years with the Air Force. 
All right, and that's where he tells me his wow. name and Tucker phone number. Tucker Carlson has which, served for 43 years. <laughs> right. To which I'd happily add, you know, thank you for wearing that uniform, but you disgrace it because you have no... <laughs> shut up! Shut up! Shut up! No concept of what the oath you took meant before you put on that uniform. Good I, grief. I love... Uh, so kneecapping Adam Schiff. I've Shifty heard, shift! I can't... Uh, I got time here! I got many... more! You got a minute? Every single like talking point from Fox News seems to just like it always makes it way its way onto Twitter. Kneecapping Adam Shift was like that was like trending yesterday on Twitter. Yeah, there, this yeah, all the talking points just keep getting recycled. Yeah. There's, I get it. Fox News is yeah. a, a great organ for disseminating information. Yeah, by striking the front of my skull against my desk as hard as I possibly can. And bring. Okay, I'm back at it. All right, let's hear another one. So, Edward, what are people talking about on the letters to the editor? On letters to the editor, I'm getting a, uh, I'm getting a lot of impeachment, obviously. Um, God, impeachment's been a lot. I've seen a lot of uh, imploring either Martha McSally or Kirsten Sinema to stand up for the truth. Uh, in this impeachment uh, trial. Which truth? <sighs> I mean, are both they getting ways. it from both? Yeah, they're getting it from against? both mm. for and against. Okay. Mostly uh, to vote for uh, for uh, removal from office. Uh, but we do get some that are like, hey, like you need to make sure you support the president. Um, I think I've... That that seems to be a lot of the letters that yeah. we've been getting. Uh, we've gotten some mm. on the coronavirus Okay. Um, obviously, that just arrived in Arizona this last week. Uh, wash your hands, folks. Welcome in. Don't pick your nose. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that seems to be the the temperature right now. Okay. On the uh, the editorial page. So. Yeah. All right. Wow. It's just going to get hotter. Definitely, both literally and figuratively. Brilliant prophecy. <laughs> I saw a lizard today. Yeah. Oh, they're coming out. They're coming out. Was it a, a little guy? It was a little guy on a on a tree, and I thought <laughs> he's sunny. Yeah, yeah, very excited. They're starting to come. Very cool. Yeah, very. Cool. All right. Well, on that note, we will wrap it up for today. Cool. And as always, we want to hear from you. Your thoughts, your opinions. You can send letters to the editor and guest opinions to us through our online submission form at tucson.com/opinion. And you can reach me, Sarah Garrett Gasson, at sgasson at tucson.com. You can reach me, Edward Celaya, at eCelaya, that's E-C-E-L-A-Y-A, at tucson.com, as well as on Twitter, at Reporter Eddie. Reach me, Fitz, at tuner at tucson.com. And I got a question. What's that? Are the opinions expressed ours? <laughs> they are. Sweet. These ones are ours, right? These yeah. ones are ours. Awesome. The ones that just came yeah. out. Okay. Nobody yeah. else's? No, nobody else's. Uh, what about the not even the Enterprise? Not even the Enterprise. Oh, there you go. They all speak first. And well of them. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for being with us, and we will talk to you again soon. Have a good one, Adios. folks. Adios.